Welcome, welcome once again to 720 and 720. Uh, we've kind of hit the jackpot today. We've got, uh, for young coaches, we've got uh, a legend that we're going to be speaking with. Uh, he's been to a couple NCAA tournaments, beat Arizona uh, at the head coach at East Tennessee State, came back and won 200 wins with the women's program at Coastal Carolina. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, he's studied. He really lived for the game. And he studied the game. And uh, so we welcome Alan LaForce from East Tennessee State, from College of Charleston, from Coastal Carolina. Coach LaForce, welcome. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Well, I, I know you're down in Charleston now. Uh, Coach, how how long – How go, and, and just for, for everybody listening, Coach LaForce is like my father, my mentor, my everything – and and that's why I got into coaching and was able to get into coaching, and that's because of Alan LaForce, and that's what we're trying to do for you young coaches out there. Uh, coach, how long? How long? How many years did you coach for? I coached fifty five years. Fifty five years. All right. Now, coach, coach, so seventy eight years old. <laughs> now you know I'm I'm fifty two, so you coach three more years than I'm old at this moment. <laughs> uh, that makes me old and makes you a lot older. Uh, yeah. So you coached until you were seventy-eight years old, right? Coach uh, us seventy-eight. Uh, I could still be coaching. <laughs> I know that. That's why we're going to. What we're going to do with you today is we're going to take all the stuff that we can help. So this is a very informative and educational podcast. And what we want to do, coach, is we want to go through looking back on your career. What would? What are the things that you loved? What are the things that you would do different? So let's start with the stuff that if you had to do it again, what would you do different this time? Well, first of all, John, uh, if you don't love the game and you don't love players, you shouldn't, you shouldn't get in this business to begin with. In my day, we made very little money. Today, they make a lot of money. But money was not the reason and shouldn't be your reason to get into coaching. You need to get into it because the game has been great to you. You want to be great to the game and you love those players. And not only do you want them to be great players, you want them to be great people after they get out of your program because hopefully you've helped them and done things for them to, so they can make a contribution and, and, uh, you know, when they go out in society. So, you know, uh, First of all, you've got to be the boss. You've got to run the show. You've got to know what you want to do, and don't and and what you want to do, uh, you start. And as you as you progress as a coach, and as you stay in the game, uh, each year you'll add or take away from something because of the changing of the game. So things that I did in the beginning, you know. Uh, wouldn't work probably as well today. But first of all, I don't care what you're going to do offensively, defensively, or whatever it may be. You've got to be fundamentally sound. You've got to work on those fundamentals every day, every day. Repetition is the greatest teacher if, <coughs> if you're doing it correctly. Don't, don't put up, you know, with stuff that's not correct. Don't put up with anything that's not correct. And and when they're not doing it full blast, uh, don't play them. That's that's very simple. Uh, uh, Coach, we talked we talked to Alan Stein last week, and and he talked about 
uh, really the basics of the game, being back to the basics. And and the basics are not boring, and uh, but sometimes they are. But you have to do the basics in order to get to find success, and and that's what you're talking about with your fundamentals. That's a, no question, no question. I I've had youngsters that come up and say, "Coach, let's not work on that." I mean, that's taking something away from my game. And I said, "Young man, if you had a game, we might not have to work on it." So. You you've got to have you've got to do that over and over and over and and when they get bored with it and the coaches assistant coaches get bored saying coach you kill us I, I, that lets me know that I'm getting it done what I want to do you know with that you know back in those days no three point line no shot clock uh, closely guarded three seconds violations uh, no three foul shots a lot lot more a lot of more things. Uh, the game, and every every year I was in the game seven or eight decades, it would change. And, and normally it's, a lot of the change would come. I remember uh, when John Wooden went, ran, uh, won all those championships. He was uh, pressing full court with a 2-2-1. And so everybody uh, did that. And normally whatever the, the uh, college uh, champion won, whatever he was doing, most of the people would sort of uh, pick up on that and might, might want to do that. So don't be afraid to change things in your program, but but you're but be sound and don't just every day change something because you think it's it's good. You you know you can confuse your people by overcoaching. You know so don't overcoach it. Don't do that. Uh, some things that that I, I would change. I look back on it. You know I, I would work hard. We would be fundamentally sound, and I wouldn't put up with anything. That's the way I think you got to be. You got today. You got to be more positive. See, I was a, I was a, back in the old days. Uh, as old time coaches, we were a lot. We were negative a lot of times. You know, I'd take a time out, and because some guy screwed up during that uh, minute or two before I get the time out, and I'd spend my whole time out chewing on him. Well, that didn't help. What I should have done is either took him out or got him when he first got there and say, hey, don't do that. You took blah, blah, blah. And then be positive, tell him what we need to do when we go back. But I, I, I was I was not that type of guy. I would seem like want to stay on that all the time, which is which is not good. Because today, uh, youngsters, they're bigger, faster, uh, they're quicker, uh, they're just – everything but i'm not sure about their mental and physical toughness so you got to be careful you need to talk more i think about things that they do well rather than things that they don't do well see i I would dwell on things they don't do well try to get them to do well i don't think that's good coaching today Uh, i think you need to cut down on practice a three three and a half four hour practice back in those days was okay was everybody did that uh, but I, but today with the NCAA rules, you know we can we can have youngsters about almost ten months a year doing something, and uh, you you got to cut down your practices. I would never practice more than an hour and twenty minutes. I would never stay in a drill teaching more than anywhere from four to ten minutes. All right, well, I mean, hold we on, would, well, coach. Coach, you just said, listen, this is John Schulman you're talking to. I was your assistant for many years. How long? Tell me honestly. How long would you have a college practice uh, to keep their attention in uh, October? How long would you practice for? 
Oh, probably three and a half. Okay, now nowadays, if you had to do it again, how long would you practice now? I would practice uh, one forty-five, hopefully one forty-five, but never over two hours. Never over two hours. Okay, well, I remember. Oh, go ahead. Go well, ahead. here's what I, here's what I and and it's a problem now with with college with the college is is they're giving them more time and everybody wants right. more time and everybody wants more access right. to their players. Right. So you right. have more time right. in the summer to practice. You have more time right. in August and September and October. Right. Well, by the right. time you start the season, everybody's hurt and everybody's tired. So right. so what would you tell those college coaches uh, when you get more time? And then you don't use more time. How would you? How well, could you use your time more wisely there? Well, I, I like I like that that the, the, that we can have them often. You know, we can have our players in the summer. Used to uh, in the spring and summer. In the old days, you couldn't have that. And, and so I don't mind that. But here's what we got to do: we've got to be sensible enough as coaches. Remember, basketball is, needs to be fun. It needs to be fun, and if you got to have fresh legs and fresh minds to have fun, and and to overdo that, you know, I remember October fifteenth used to be the starting date. Boy, everybody was fired up. We remember we had those midnight madness things, and it was just a great time. And now we don't have that anymore because we're practicing, you know, about all the time or doing something, you know, individual or whatever may occur. Uh, we're we're working at it, and I, that's fine. But we got to be careful and not overkill. You know, don't destroy the game. I think that NCAA wants to do everything to help youngsters and make them better players and the better and better people. And I'm for that. But we got to be careful and, and and you know and and still when season starts that they're ready and it's they're looking forward to it. And it's fun. It's not that okay. Let's go out and get this over with. Like if you just kill them uh, day in and day out by by you know working them too long and making game. The game needs to be fun. The practices need to be fun. You need to you need to have a little fun with this. Even in practice, you got to have days where it's a little lighter than others. And that's always see that I was not like that. But I'd, I'd, I if I were going over, I'd want to change that. I'd want to make practices fun. I've heard people say that this guy's a player. And when the game starts, he's really a player, but he's not very good in practice. He's a gamer. I don't believe that. I believe he's lazy. So you got to work. You got to work, and you got to be careful. Back in you know, in the older days, back in the beginning, and even up until a long time ago, we, we never thought of, we wanted to have fresh legs, but but we thought if they were in shape. It didn't make a difference how long we practiced. Their legs and their mind would be good, which well, that was wrong. Uh, you know, I know the high, the high schools, they're really, really, you guys that are in high school coaching, you know, you, you're really strapped now. Uh, you got to get all your work done about the summertime, and and, it, and I think the AUs are good, but you've got to have time to teach those youngsters the fundamentals of basketball, you know, the passing, the shooting, the dribbling, all that, because once you get into uh, school starts and it's basketball time, you got the girls JV, the girls varsity, the boys JV, the boys varsity, and and you know you don't have much time. So 
you've got to get your fundamentals. Most of those try to get those down in the summer and your techniques offensively and defensively, then you can work more on in the, in the, in the offensive scheme and defensive scheme once, once you get uh, the season, before you get into the season, because of your time limits, you got to do that. Uh, uh, Coach, let me ask you this. You told me this, and I, and I started doing it. Uh, I had a black book. I had a black book. Uh, the title of the black book was When I Become a Head Coach, I Will Do This. And uh, you taught me uh, and told me that every day I should prepare to be a head coach. And, and when I become a head coach, that, that you better have thoughts and ideas. Talk to me about that. You remember telling me about that. You, you prepared every day. I remember all your oh. notebooks. Tell, talk to us about yeah. that. John, I still, I still do that. I've got, I, I, I write pads every day. I love the game of basketball. I love to watch it. I love to watch the different techniques and the different angles and all of this. And the, the game today has is, is become a, you know, a dribble drive or becoming a passing game. In the old days, we could never stay in the corner. We cut, you cut, you cut one of your players standing in the corner, you chew him out. <laughs> now that's one of the better shots. So the game, listen, you got to work at the game. And, and, it, and if you love the game, it's not work. That's not work. Uh, you know, I, I made a vow. I said every day I'm going to at least put one hour into the game of thinking about different aspects of basketball. Well, what that evolved, you started, and it goes two or three or four hours. And, and, and I don't, maybe you have to be that with, I don't know. It's part of my life. It's something I loved. And, and, and one of the loves was the people that were involved in it. You know, uh, let me, let me just tell you a couple of things here that I would do uh, that, that would help. Number one, uh, you know, uh, one night a week, if I had it to do over, I'd have a date night, a date night where me and my wife would go out, or me and my family. If I have a family, I call it family night. One night a week. I, I mean, you can you can plan that a week ahead of time, and nothing interferes with that. Let me tell you, without a good family, without a wife and a good family, my friend, your coaching career might be short because it's we're the most selfish people in the world. We think we can outsmart, we can outcoach, we can do all outwork, you know, all this. Well, everybody has this. We're not doing that. We, you can't do that. You know, you can try, but you you can't do that. So take care of your family. Be with them. And, and some other things I was thinking I would do, uh, you know, if there's an old coach in your area like me, <laughs> I'm here in Charleston. And all three of the coaches, I know them very well. In fact, one of them was my GA at one time, Charleston Southern, the Citadel, and a coach at college, Charleston. So those guys have me to come and, and watch practice. And, and they say, oh, you know, six hours or eight hours, eyes or whatever, are better than two or four or whatever. And they always come and talk to me. And, oh, that makes you, that makes the old guy, 83-year-old, feel good. And, and if I were in a, in a institute, in a university that had uh, a, a, a curriculum for handicapped youngsters, I'd have one of those guys as one of my managers. I, 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 we had that at, at the coastal, and you can't believe how much that helped our players, and how much it helped that youngster, and how great 
that I felt about it. So, you know, there's more. This game teaches us a lot of things. And we need to work, love it, and demand the best out of it from our youngsters. But also, we got to help other people. Uh, and, and I think by helping older coaches, people that are a little handicapped, uh, I think it's, uh, I think that's good. Uh, and then another thing I, I would do, uh, once or twice a month after we get started, I would, I would not go to practice. I would have one of my assistant coaches to be in charge of practice. He's in charge that whole day. He, he makes out the practice plan, the times, and so forth and so on, and he handles it as if he were the head coach. Well, you say, well, what does that do? Well, never, first of all, we're in this business not only to help our players become better people and go out in the world, we're also in this business to help our assistant coaches become hedge coaches, if that's what they want to do. And by doing this, see, that's giving them a lot of confidence. And then also, it's given a lot of the youngsters going to say, goodness, if Coach lets him does, he must, you know. So they be, they become more confident with the assistant coach because they believe he's good too. So I would do that. I think I think that that would be very important. Another thing, uh, John, I know you'll like to hear this. You need an agent, man. You need to get an agent. Uh, I didn't have an agent. I was too stupid. You know, I, all I'd want to do is coach. But I had several, I had not several, but two or three opportunities uh, to move on uh, from East Tennessee. But I loved East Tennessee. I loved coaching there. But see, if I had had an agent, then he could have, he could have negotiated and got me more money, you know, and I'm saying, well, I never coached for money, but a little money raised here or there uh, doesn't hurt you. I'll tell you, well, tell what, you that right what, now. what coaches need, the coaches that aren't self-promoters like you, you were a basketball coach. You're an X and O guy. You didn't care about all the other mess. You didn't care about the schedule. You you would play anybody, anytime. Uh, you didn't care about that. Those are the coaches that need representation. Those are the coaches that, that need agents to help them because they don't really give a rip about helping themselves. So you, you yeah. would have absolutely, you needed it. You needed some help. You needed an agent. Let me get back to this, the, the, the date night. Uh, I, and I, and I know you well, and I know myself well, we would schedule a date night. And then if we had just lost two in a row, we would cancel that date night. All right, and then we'd get back to work. That's when you really need a date night. You need the date night or a family night when things are going bad, not when things are going good. And so, I, you know, I remember I tried to at Chattanooga have a family night on every Tuesday night or every Monday night. We were going to have all of our families come out there to the basketball court, get there 15 minutes before practice ends, let the players see our families, let them hang out afterwards, let them shoot, let them hang out, get some pizza, and we can all just hang out and play ball and relax. That's what you need to do. That's what coaches need to do. During the middle of the season in February when you're exhausted, you need to have your family in there. And and the kids need to, need to see you as a dad instead of just as a coach. There's, there's no question, John. And you younger guys today, your coaches just do so many things better than we did when we were beginning. You know, you guys are way ahead of the game. 
you know, you've got every kind of material to look at, film to look at. We had nothing like that, you know, nothing. But but uh, not only that, I see guys with their families. I see young men going home and spending time at home with their families. And that's, you know, that is something that, that makes this uh, profession great, I think, is having good people in it. Uh, and there's no question what you guys did with having those people come. That's a great. That's a great thing to do. And if I were a youngster, I'd be doing things like that. Another thing along that line, or not along that line, but guys, you just need one shooting coach on your in the program. Don't get two or three shooting coaches. No shooting coach teaches the same way. One guy's talk about his elbow. One guy talk about his follow through. One guy be a, harping on uh, squaring up and all this. And all that does, is, in my opinion, is to screw kids up. Have one shooting coach that is good, and he handles it all. He handles it all. And you could have a big man's coach, you know, back-to-basket coach. Back-to-basket's about gone out anymore. It's about, you know, open spreading the floor and go five out. But but I, I think we can overdo on that shooting by having too many coaches uh you know uh i i agree and i also let, let me throw something in there about in the post uh to to me you, you're not going to catch the ball you may catch the ball five or six times in in the post now back to the basket no one ever throws it in there but if they do throw it in there have a very simple rule stole this from bob mckillop and davidson you you don't need to work on 58 moves and have 78 no. different moves you're only going to no, catch the no. ball in there six times so so what we what we started doing is, is as soon as you catch the ball get to the middle you know get to the tape the, the midpoint right. of the lane get to the tape yep. all right that allows you to see the floor get to the tape and then work on a lefty jump hook and a righty jump hook. If they right. take that away, drop step and shoot your layup. You, exactly. You need, you you need your, two moves. Right. You need two moves. That's it. The two moves. Righty jump no hook, question. drop step left, and the lefty jump hook, drop step right. You don't need 78 moves. You don't need to spend no. time 78 moves. No, it's wasting time. You're right. Here was our rule, John. When the pass is made to you at the post, your first obligation is to catch the ball. Catch the ball, locate the defense, and explode to the basket. That was, you know, that's what we worked on. You know, every every person has a favorite move. No question. Okay, what are you going to do when they take that favorite move away from you? And that's what we talked about, and that's what we worked on. But, but, but John, the, the back-to-basket's about gone. You know, they, it's, they've, gone, they've got all those three-point shooters now. Uh, well, Coach, you know, let me ask you this: the last thing uh, you were you were worried that you couldn't talk for twelve minutes. Uh, we're we're I'm way not, past. I'm, we're, I'm not even. I'm not even started. <laughs> well, let me just tell you this: we're going to do All it right. again. Let uh, let me ask you this: right. practice. Uh, yeah. I, I was too drill oriented, uh, but yeah. but my mentor, Thank a guy you. named Alan LaForce, was too drill oriented. All right, yep, and that's what I, that's what I did. Drills okay. in practice or playing in practice, or a, yep. or a better balance. Tell me. Well, here, John. Here's here's what I did. I, I, you know, I was a defensive guy, so we worked on defensive defense probably sixty, sixty five, seventy percent of the time of our practices. You know, uh, 
you can't just drill them. So what what I would do is every every drill, every, particularly on a team situation, you're working half court. Uh, one team's defense, one team's offense. When the defense gets the ball, you have a transition. The team's on offense goes to transition defense, and and, and we and then we get down there and we do the same thing and come back. I think you need to change the court sides to uh, you know go down and back about everything on all your offenses and not just stay at, at the half court uh, and, and work on it or, or stay at a drill for 20 minutes when you need to be doing some team stuff. And I, I overdid that. No question on that. And so uh, it's important. It's important. And, you know, we can go through a, a lot of things, but it's important, like in a passing game, for an example. Uh, you remember this, John. We were – at East Tennessee, uh, we were one of the best basketball teams in the country. Why? Two things we could do. We could shoot it and play defense. And, boy, if you could do those two things, you're going to win a lot of games. Coach, First year, we that, were 28-5 that, and lost our, our, our six foot eleven center who uh, was a potential All-American. You know, the game may so, change, but that hasn't changed. So that was in nope. 1990 which is a long yep. time ago, yeah. uh, in the year 2018. If you can shoot it and you can defend, you're still going to win a lot of games. So the game has changed, no but not not really. Coach, the last thing, go through your list real quick. Go through your list real quick and, and list the goods and the bads so that you had to talk about. Oh, Lord. All right. I never ran a – on boxing out, I never called it a defensive drill. We never called we're going to box out. We called it an offensive drill. You know, not defense. Because here's what happens: you call it defense, uh, the guy goes out and box out a person. They just stand. <laughs> so we just call it offensive rebounding. It, when they go out and box out at offense, better go get the ball. But don't we? All, every it's got to the point now, John. Every every uh, drill you run, you got to have a winner and loser, and you got they got to pay a price. That just that's just the way it is. Uh, I was to talk. Got to get the your best player. The ball when you need it to get it to him. You either by uh, a clear in the floor or by running some set. You need to have some kind of uh, offense or some set or some play to get him the ball. Uh, during the game, uh, you have one coach watch two players, another coach watch two players. I always watch the point guards. Uh, let's see. We talked about full court. I think you got to have your offense, defense to mesh. If you want to be a half-court person, run sets, uh, then I think you need to be a half-court defense. If you're gonna, if you're gonna want to fast break with the basketball, I think you got to be a press. You can't change that mindset. Once they get in that go set, you got to go. Once they get in that strength set, half-court, then that's the way it's going to be. So I think they've got a mesh. I think that's very, very important to me. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, working team on offense, defense. We talk about that. We spend a lot of times. I need to spend more time late in the game on the shot clock. You know, the, when it gets down to four to six minutes, we did this with the with the ladies. The last four or six minutes of the game, we had a, we had a stoplight series. If we're in green, we're playing. If we're in yellow, we run our offense, but only shoot layups and foul shots. If we're in red, we only shoot free throws. You know, we we, uh, we did. I think that's great. Also, I, just to to 
hit on that point a little bit. I think in a practice, I think you could end practice every day with a two-minute game. With a two-minute no game, uh, score-tied, right? score-tied, 84-84, play a two-minute game because, right. you know, we make up situations for our team. All right. right, but but very few times does that just happen like that. I think if you right. put it at tie game every single day, something new would come up, and so you would play that out and then talk about right. it every single day. And so I That's think no all kinds. If you did it forty five straight days, you'd have forty five different scenarios and that's a lot better than just doing one scenario down two with four seconds to go that no that's gonna question. that's gonna happen I, th- I think i probably need to coach again coach because i think i'm a lot smarter now than i used to yeah. be well you're, you're gonna I, get an I, opportunity i'll take you i'll take you as my assistant i'll take you as my assistant we'll just come back to be the old guys be the old guys coaching hey coach uh we have run out of time uh, but for well, I'm just getting started. I don't know if I have to. Uh, <laughs> no, let me just tell you this: we're going to do it again. Uh, right. But absolutely, you you can you can help young guys, and that's what us old guys are for to help the young guys and the young coaches. But thanks so much for your time this morning. Really appreciate it, and uh, we'll we'll do it again here soon. Got it, John? I I appreciate you, and I'm very proud of you. All the things you've done. Uh, I love this game, and I love to talk this game. Uh, you know, I coach men for, for uh, let's say, 39 years and women for 16. So I know uh, about women, and I know about men. But let me leave you with this thought. Winning makes men happy. Happy women win. Thank you. Thank you, Don. Coach, thanks so much. I really appreciate it.